following talk is from St. Michael's Fowell, a gospel-centered community for Fowell, Teddington, and beyond. Our passion is to see every life following Jesus. For more information, visit our website, stmichaelsfowell.co.uk. things to hear from him tonight. In particular, we're beginning a new series. We are returning to the book of Acts um, as a church in various services. We've been through uh, segments of the book of Acts and we're returning to Acts 18. Julian is going to read um, from Acts chapter 18. So it's Acts chapter 18, verse 23 to 28. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to, spoke, to, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who, by grace, had believed. For he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Wonderful to see you. I hope you have, are having a good weekend. And uh, nice to have another bank holiday tomorrow, isn't it? Uh, so um, hopefully you're feeling relaxed um, as well. Uh, let me hand out uh, these. Um, around. Some like to take uh, notes, so uh, if you want to jot things down, feel very welcome to as we start this new series in uh, the book of Acts. A reading, you might not have heard this reading before uh, in church. It's a slightly less known part of Acts, but it's got much for us. Um, So uh, looking forward to to digging into it. Um, let me lead us in prayer as we come to God's Word. Ask Him for His help. Heavenly Father, thank You that You speak to us as we've just been hearing through Your Word. And please would You do so now. Uh, please speak to us such that we have uh, ears to hear. That You might bring Your Word to bear in our lives. That we might bear fruit for You. In Jesus' name. Well, um, obviously, I've got to start this talk um, by talking about the coronation, um, because coronation is dominating things this weekend, and I thought I'd just do that through uh, a wonderful gift that Ruth and Margaret have, have given us as a church to mark the coronation. What better way to mark the coronation than a tea towel? Um, and uh, Ruth and Margaret, thank you so much for this wonderful uh, tea towel here. And uh, one of the things that's lovely about this tea towel is that it sort of pulls out all the different ways in which uh, the coronation um, has been influenced by Christian thinking and uh, Christian thought and by the Bible itself. Uh, So um, 
uh, all sorts of different things, talking about the sovereign's orb up here with the cross, reminding us that Jesus died for the sins of the world. Uh, the rod of equity and mercy, the new sovereign is to rule with compassion and kindness. Uh, then the Holy Bible that uh, Simon's just been speaking about, the most valuable thing that this world affords. Uh, what else have we got? Uh, down below, um, we've got the sovereign scepter, a symbol of power with the cross on top, again showing us uh, how the cross uh, stands over it all and the king's authority is under God's rule, and much else besides, if you uh, were watching uh, the service yesterday. Uh, it is infused with Christian symbols, with Christian thought, and um, it is quite a remarkable thing to think, how did that come to be? Uh, this is 2,000 years ago we're talking about with Jesus. Uh, we're hundreds of miles from the Middle East, uh, where... Uh, Jesus lived his life. How are we here in 2023 so shaped, so influenced our whole culture, um, our whole way we've set up our society, so shaped, so infused by Christian um, thinking? Uh, how has that come to be? And uh, it is wonderful with that in mind to think about the book of Acts. The book of Acts is a fantastic place to see how the church exploded after the uh, death resurrection ascension of Jesus Christ. And um, we can see how the word goes out into all the world, even here to the UK in 2023, even here tonight, this evening uh, in Teddington. And the title for the series is The Word of His Grace. It's a lovely phrase uh, which we find in the, in the book of Acts. Um, chapter 20, verse 32 speaks of uh, the word of, of 32, sorry, speaks of the word of his grace. Uh, this, um, from a wonderful part of the series that we're going to be looking at, where Paul makes a fantastic speech to the Ephesian el elders. And he says this Now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace. The word of his grace. Uh, in other words, the word of the gospel, the word about Jesus Christ. And it's this word that we see going out into all the earth. Now, just to step back a little bit to give us an overview of the book of Acts, why are we landing here in chapter 18? We're doing it because we've been done over the years most of the book of Acts together as a church, and we're now here at uh, this part of it. And um, uh, I just want to bring us right to the beginning of Acts to give us a bit of an overview of it. And a really helpful verse to think about is there on your handouts, Acts 1. Uh, verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, says Jesus to his disciples, and you will be my witnesses, he says to them, in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And that really shapes the book of Acts um, of what's going on. We see uh, the gospel going out to Jerusalem in chapters 1 to 7, then out to Judea and Samaria, wider region in chapters 8 12, and then the rest of the book is going out to the ends of the earth, and Paul ends in Rome. Uh, and so think about it like, you know, think of a still pond, completely still pond, and you've got a stone in your hand, and you do that wonderful thing of just lobbing the stone into the middle of the pond. You just see the ripples going out. And that's what's happening here in uh, the book of Acts, describing how the word of 
his grace, the word about Jesus Christ, uh, comes into human history, and the ripples have been going out ever, ever since, across the world, down through the centuries, even shaping our coronation as much as we saw yesterday. And it's the word going out, um, this word about Jesus that we have with us. And again, the book of Acts speaks about that again and again and again. It's very powerful. So uh, I've just put down some of the sort of punctuation marks that you see through the book of Acts there of how um, the word has been going out. So Acts 6, they're sort of summary sentences that you find along the way in this book. So the word of God spread, Acts 6, verse 7. And the number of disciples in Jerusalem increased rapidly, and a large number of priests became obedient to the faith. And then later on in Acts 12, we read about how the word of God increased and multiplied. Uh, Acts 13, and the word of the Lord was spreading throughout the region. Acts 19, so the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. So that, that is the story that Acts is telling of how the word of his grace, the word of Jesus, is spreading out across the world. And um, we're going to pick it up here with the Apostle Paul on his third missionary journey. So the Apostle Paul went on three missionary journeys, and uh, we're in this series looking at the third one. And I've given you a little map there. Now, you might need to uh, look quite closely at that um, so you can work out what is going on. Um, Ignore the one that goes up towards Italy, uh, the red dotted line that way. That describes the last part of the book of Acts and uh, Paul's voyage to Rome. Um, what we're particularly thinking about now is him, uh, his journey going through what is now modern-day Turkey and uh, up into uh, and around modern-day Greece and back again. He started and finished in Antioch, uh, which is um, uh, modern-day Syria. And, and um, you can see how uh, he worked his way through that region and came back. Actually, his third journey most largely was spent in Ephesus, and that was the base from which he did a lot of ministry. And we're going to be thinking a little bit about uh, what went in, on in Ephesus in just a few moments' time. So uh, that's the sort of the map, uh, what we're thinking about uh, over the next few weeks. Now, uh, what is actually happening uh, here in this passage that we're looking at today in Acts 18, verses 23 uh, to 28? Uh, I think we can see it uh, with this one word, strengthening. Strengthening is what is going on here. And actually, for much of this missionary journey, Paul is about strengthening the church. Uh, we're going to first see how he strengthens the many, and then in particular, we're going to focus on the one, Apollos. And we're going to see how that's for the blessing of others. So first, strengthening the many. Have a look at verse 23 with me. Uh, chapter 18, verse 23, we read this. After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So what Paul is really doing here, he's retracing his steps from earlier missionary journeys. And uh, in particular, uh, going back to the churches that he planted, if we read back in Acts 13 and 14, we see a number of churches that he was involved in planting. And uh, they're there sort of in southern 
uh, Turkey, you can see the area of Galatia. If you look really close, you might see where Phrygia is and the towns of uh, Pisidian, Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Derby. Um, those different places uh, that Paul went back to. And uh, what is he doing there? He's wanting to strengthen the churches. And it's an interesting insight into Paul and his heart. He's not a one-hit wonder. He was an incredible evangelist. Um, where Paul went, people became Christians, and he started new churches, and he moved on to the next place. But he didn't ignore them. He didn't sort of uh, pretend that was it. He recognized that Christians, that churches, need to be strengthened. It's not just simply bringing somebody to Christ, but actually growing them in Christ. And uh, that is what he is clearly committed to. Uh, think of it of an illustration of gardening. Uh, you buy a plant. Um, you can't just buy a plant and then ignore it. This is what happens when you buy a plant and ignore it. I thought I'd bring an example uh, with me. Um, so last September, I was distinctly remembering buying what was a lovely, colourful uh, plant. And then, kind of over the winter, I just completely forgot about it. And um, didn't water it, didn't look after it. And uh, I was out in the garden the other day um, and noticed it and thought, didn't even get it out of its pot. Um, that is not a good way to deal with a plant. Uh, it's not what the Apostle Paul's doing uh, to churches. He is, yes, planting new churches, but he wants to go back and strengthen them. And how does he strengthen them? He goes back and uh, no doubt he'll be bringing God's word, the word of his grace, to them. Uh, strengthening them, growing them, uh, giving them the care that they need. And that is so important for us as, as churches to receive that strengthening. Uh, many of you know we're, we're part of a network of churches called the Commission Network, a network of church planting churches. And um, God over the last 20 years has, has planted through Commission 30 churches. And actually one of the things uh, that Commission recognized after a few years was that it wasn't quite good enough just to put all our energies and efforts into planting new churches. Uh, actually, we needed to work really hard at strengthening churches as well. So actually, the way Commission is set up, there is a director of church planting, but there's also a director of church strengthening. And uh, they're responsible for uh, helping churches uh, grow strong and supporting churches. Uh, wonderful chap, Andy Mason, director of Church Strengthening, and he's brilliant at meeting up with pastors, supporting them, encouraging them. Uh, he puts on conferences um, and runs training workshops and all sorts of different things. That's just one way in which churches uh, can be strengthened by the wider uh, body of churches. And that's so important to be doing. So we see here the strengthening of uh, the many. Paul is committed to that. Now, the rest of this passage, actually, Paul is, he's going to come back in future weeks. He's now off the scene. And uh, this time, we're focusing on what's happening in Ephesus before Paul gets there. And uh, the strengthening uh, of the one, uh, this person, Apollos. Let me read from verse 24. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately 
though he knew only the baptism of John. Fascinating man, Apollos. Um, We're told here quite a few things about him. He's a Jew. Uh, He's from Alexandria. Uh, You can see Alexandria on your map uh, just um, uh, there in Egypt on the coast of the Mediterranean Sea. Uh, Alexandria at this time, amazing city, the second largest city at this time in the Roman Empire. Uh, It was really a seat of learning. So it was famous for a massive museum. It had a library uh, with 400,000 volumes there uh, at this time. That's quite a lot of volumes. Um, uh, It was a center of education uh, and learning. It was where the um, Hebrew Old Testament was translated into Greek um, as well. It's kind of, I don't know, the Oxford Cambridge uh, of, of, of the Roman Empire of the day. Uh, and so that is where Apollos is from. He's clearly a very learned man. Uh, he knew his scriptures well. Uh, he clearly is a Christian. He is uh, following the way of the Lord. Uh, he's a very able teacher. Uh, seems to be a really effective communicator. Uh, but there is a big but there. Do you see that at the end of verse 25? Though he knew only the baptism of John, something is missing. And we don't know what. It is speculating, really, to know what. The Bible doesn't tell us uh, exactly what is missing. But there is something, something important missing from his understanding of Jesus. Uh, It might be something to do with uh, the Great Commission and the way Jesus sent out his disciples to baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. might be something to do with that. Um, But we don't know uh, for sure. But what is really interesting is how other believers who hear Apollos respond. Have a look at verse 26. Uh, Apollos, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more adequately. Uh, Priscilla and Aquila, they're two of the sort of New Testament heroes. They're companions of Paul um, and they know something's not quite right. They can see something's not quite right. And it's so striking how they handle this, how they deal with it. What do they do? They, rather than sort of publicly rebuke Apollos, they invite Apollos into their home and they taught him and they explained to him the way of God more adequately. They give hospitality, generosity, sharing their home and uh, privately, sensitively, carefully they instruct him and uh, all turns out well uh, as we see in the final paragraph. Apollos is then hugely effective uh, for the Lord. And just to pull out a couple of things from that, it is striking the courage, the care, the compassion of Priscilla and Aquila. Uh, It's not easy, is it, to sort of correct people, uh, to say, oh, I think you might have not quite got that right. Uh, Sometimes we can just be very shy to do that. Uh, Sometimes we just can't be bothered. We don't care enough uh, to do that. Or sometimes we do it, but we do it really clumsily. That sort of crushes the person. And Priscilla and Aquila, they're a great model here of getting alongside someone and saying, yeah, I don't 
think you quite got all of it. I've got more to show you here. And of gently, carefully, compassionately, but courageously doing that. And that is a wonderful model for us. And it was really important they did it. Because you've got to think, Apollos, he was a seriously capable person. He was someone who was having an impact, and yet he hadn't quite fully understood all that there was to understand about Jesus. And that sort of half-knowledge can be quite a dangerous thing. So they were absolutely right to do it, and they had the courage to do it, and the care and the compassion to do it. That's one great example. The other great example here is of Apollos. He had humility. I mean, this, this is a seriously clever, able person. Hugely gifted. Uh, from Alexandria. He had all the credentials. And it is so striking. He clearly was willing to learn. He was clearly willing to sort of hear from Priscilla and Aquila. And to hear what they had to say uh, from him. He didn't sort of go off in a trot. He didn't say, look, I've, I've, you can't tell me anything. Uh, he understood there was more to learn. And there's always more to learn, isn't there? As we were seeing earlier, there's always more to know about God. There's always more to learn about him from his word. And so he's a great example of us to have a posture of humility, uh, to learn more, to know Jesus better, and to learn from one another. A small group, a home group, uh, or oasis, a small group that we have, a brilliant places to do that, where we can learn from one another more about the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need that. Also, reading one-to-one with people often is a wonderful thing to do. Just to meet up with someone and to read the Bible together and chat about it together. One of the reasons uh, we're doing at the moment, uh, if you're in small groups, you'll know we're we're doing a series from Tim Chester's book, um, which is, uh, uh, what's it called? Um, Following Jesus. Life with Jesus. Thank you, I should have known exactly what it is. But it's a wonderful series of Bible studies uh, for particularly new believers, but it's something we want the whole church to do, both for our own benefits, because we can always learn, but also so that we can be equipped to to share it with others. And maybe there are other people uh, who you know who could really benefit from it. Maybe you'll be the Apollos, there's stuff to learn. Maybe you'll be the Priscilla and Aquila, and you've got stuff to give. And actually, that Tim Chester resource is a brilliant resource uh, to do that with, and we'd love to encourage uh, one another to do that. And if you'd like to be involved in that, uh, on either way, come and speak to Simon, come and speak to me, come and speak to Toby. We'd love to enable that to happen, connect people for that. So we see a great example here in, in Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos. And what is wonderful is the blessing that flows out from it. So finally, can we see that in verse 27 to 28? Uh, let me read. When Apollos wanted to go to Ikea, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. What is striking here is that Apollos, he didn't stay in Ephesus. He went off to Achaia. Again, you can see that uh, southern tip of Greece there. And uh, he had a big impact there. There the church was struggling in many ways and along comes someone as capable as Apollos. And he was a great blessing to him. His knowledge, his learning, his skills, his gifting. 
And he helped them, we read here, to refute those who were clearly arguing from the scriptures that Jesus wasn't the Messiah. And Apollos had the, the learning and the intellectual capacity and the, the gifts of speaking clearly to actually say, no, 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 no. Can I show you how the scriptures all point to Jesus as the Messiah, the anointed one? And he was clearly a great blessing. It's lovely to see how actually Paul wrote later on about the church in Corinth. He said this, look, I planted the seed. Apollos watered it. Clearly he was one who was strengthening the church and had been strengthened himself. But of course it's God who makes it grow. It is by God's spirit that anything grows. So it's just worth recognizing how thankful we can be for the ministry of others. I uh, have been given for my birthday the other day this book, uh, Timothy Keller, His Spiritual and Intellectual Formation. And um, many, many of you might know I'm a big fan of Tim Keller and have been really influenced by Tim Keller. He's just a wonderful um, blessing to the church and has been across the globe. And uh, to many, I know you've really appreciated and enjoyed his books, his talks. And what's lovely about this book is it's talking about the different people who've influenced him the Priscilla's and Aquilla's who've come alongside in his life and shaped his thinking to be more in line with Scripture such that many others have been blessed. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that has been shaped, to be really thankful for those people in his life. And no doubt we can be as well as we think about those who've shaped our lives um, and how they've been shaped by others. And what's lovely is you see how through all of this, through sharpening one another, through strengthening one another, with the word of his grace, the gospel goes out. Churches are planted, churches are strengthened, churches are grown, and Jesus is honoured and made known. So uh, we're going to be seeing more over the next few weeks about how uh, the Apostles will particularly I went about strengthening churches uh, in this third missionary journey as God's word goes out in the power of the Spirit and he brings strength to his church. Let's take a moment uh, now uh, just to come before the Lord uh, in prayer. Uh, maybe the band would like to come up as, as we uh, draw to a close. But an opportunity to, to come before the Lord and uh, think particularly of these examples of Priscilla and Aquila and Apollos, uh, the humility of Apollos, and uh, maybe that's particularly something that uh, we need to ask the Lord to give us, the humility to learn more about his son. Uh, maybe we need the boldness and the care and the compassion of Priscilla and Aquila. Maybe that's the example that we need to follow. Just a moment of quiet. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much just for this little insight of how your church has grown, of how the word of Jesus has gone out into all the earth. We thank you so much for Priscilla and Aquila. We thank you so much for Apollos and the many Apollos' and Priscilla's and Aquila's down through the centuries across the world and in our lives today. Lord, help us to follow their example. Be committed to your word, your word of grace, your word about the Lord Jesus Christ.
Who's writing this, Sita? Whose name? 